With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our uh, top story this half hour. It was a murder that shook Bozeman back in the 1980s for over 35 years. Little was known about what happened to Randy Church, but in the past year, the case has gotten a fresh look, and the family has even more hope that their brother's murder will be solved. Tins Holly Brantley has our update. Early this year, the Bozeman PD announced they were putting new energy into the Randy Church murder case. Since then, multiple agencies at the local, state, and federal level have gotten involved to help solve the murder of the 23-year-old MSU engineering student. They want to know who gunned the young man down inside the Pizza Hut in 1985. I talked to his brothers and sister about the case's recent developments that could help bring Randy's killing to rest once and for all. Look, we live this every day and have been since February of 1985. It's there. It's a part of our life. And it sucks. After nearly 37 years, the family of Randy Church says they feel they might get answers to their brother's unsolved murder. If they find something now, that's great because that'd be a miracle in my book. I first spoke to the family earlier this year when they heard the Bozeman PD had fresh eyes on the case. Just a few months later, they are encouraged to learn the Bozeman detectives have joined forces with multiple agencies at the state and federal level, pulling resources to fast track solving the case. I'm frustrated. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad now that they are getting technology involved and they are getting more resources and, and they are getting things out there. It's, it's got to be an effort that's supported by you know, the upper levels. And I think that that support up until now, anyway, or up until recently has not been there. I was very surprised they never found the killer up to now. I was totally surprised. I'm like, what? This happens often where they don't find the killer? Are you kidding me? Randy was closing down the Bozeman Pizza Hut on West Main when someone shot him in February of 1985. It was a Saturday night. Randy was alone. According to police reports, his body was discovered at 9.30 the next morning when a manager was called to unlock the door. He was supposed to meet another employee at 9 a.m., but he never showed up. He'd been wounded twice. I was told it was between the eyes. Uh, I didn't want to look at the pictures. I never did. I couldn't. It was just too much for me. How did your parents handle it? I think it changed my mom. I'll be honest. I think it changed mom. No, I think it changed both of them. Devastated, devastated them both. Police say they can't release specifics about the current developments in the investigation or the avenues they are pursuing. 
But tell me, recent attention to the case has brought new momentum, new hope. That is the only thing we have is hope at this point. Police, along with the family, call on anyone with information to come forward. Anyone who might know something about what happened on that cold February night more than 36 years ago. I mean, literally, that'd be a miracle. But taking someone else's life, I think, is the worst that mankind could ever do and does, unfortunately. So I just hate to see someone do something bad and get away with it, especially, you know, someone that I personally know and loved. There is a reward for information leading police to a suspect. To find out more, go to our website. In Bozeman, Holly Brantley, MTN News. Welcome to the Catch My Killer podcast and thank you for listening. This is Mark. Since 2015, I have written a weekly column about unsolved homicides and true crime for the Claremont Sun newspaper located in Ohio. Before discussing this week's episode, I would like to ask for your support. I am looking for listeners to help support the podcast by buying me one $5 cup of coffee every month. This will help cover expenses that go with producing this podcast. If you can help, please visit CatchMyKiller.com and click on the donate link or on the Buy Me a Coffee link. And if you cannot donate to the podcast, you can still help by sharing these stories with your friends and families through word of mouth and social media. I would also like to give a shout out to Janelle Crosby for her donation. Thank you for your financial support. I truly appreciate it. And that's enough of the coffee business. This week's story involves the homicide of a 23-year-old Montana man named Randy Church. This case has been unsolved for nearly four decades and needs help from the public. It was a cold winter day back in February 1985. Randy Church worked at Pizza Hut. He was a Montana State University student. While closing alone, an unknown killer entered the Pizza Hut restaurant, shot Randy to death and stole just under $1,000. Randy's parents were heartbroken and died before ever finding out who killed their son. Randy's siblings still wait for justice. For this story, I interviewed Randy's sister Ruby Bernie and Randy's brothers Rick and Robert Church. They told me how much Randy meant to them and their frustration about not having any answers about Randy's death. However, there may be a silver lining in the clouds because DNA was recovered for this case. I am hopeful that law enforcement can test it and find a donor. Please tell me about Randy and what you remember about him. Career driven, I would say. He worked his own way through college up to the point of his death. He was very charismatic. He cared about everybody. He liked animals, cars, motorcycles. He liked being around people, and people liked him. How old was he when he passed away? He was 23. He didn't have a chance to get married and have kids. And I think about that a lot, and I think about all the Christmas and Thanksgivings and and birthdays, and all I focus on now is his death. How many siblings are there in the family? There's five of us. How many boys? How many girls? Three boys and two girls. Was Randy one of the oldest or youngest in the family? The 
next to the youngest. And when did you last speak to your brother? He actually came and stayed with me in Billings for a concert right around Christmas before he died. So I'm guessing that you both got to spend some quality time together. We got to catch up a lot. Randy passed away in 1985 while working at Pizza Hut. Is that correct? Yes. Tell me about that. How Did he like working at Pizza Hut? Yeah, he was driven. He wanted to make sure that he could get through college. He wanted to be an engineer, and that's what he was working for. Randy, when he was little, he used to take everything apart. Back in the day, the old tape recorders, I remember him taking one of those apart and putting it back together with extra parts. He was quite the guy. Did he have a girlfriend or any children? At that time, his girlfriend was Susie, but they had broken up shortly after the concert. And no, he did not have kids. I read that he was working alone. Was that a common practice? From what I understood, he was a slow closer. Tells me that he cared about his job, so he made sure everything was done the way it was supposed to be done. No, I don't believe there's supposed to be one person there at a time. I do believe there was supposed to be two. But Randy, being the type that he was, he let the other person go. How long did he work at Pizza Hut before he passed? I want to say about a year and a half, two years. So he pretty much had a routine going and everything then. So he knew what he was doing. It wasn't like he was some new guy that didn't know anything. Yeah, he knew. From what I understand, too, that he used to study some while he was there. A lot of college students get jobs in restaurants because they work around your schedule. Some of them will let you bring your books in and study. That's, That's an extra benefit there. Tell me about... The day he passed away. Oh, that was a hard day. I was at home. I lived in Billings. Of course, he was at Bozeman. My mom called and told me he was gone. And the first thing I said was, what do we do now? Why I said that, I have no idea. I think it was just shock because I had just seen him. When you found out that he was gone... Did you think it was a robbery, or did you think maybe he got hurt or killed in an accident? What were you thinking when you first found out? I was thinking robbery, because it was a restaurant. Back in those days, you don't really think it's going to happen to you. And the part that bothers me is, why would he open the door to somebody he doesn't know? I, I used to work at convenience stores. And one thing I never, ever did was left a door unlocked when I was closing. And I never went in a door if it was unlocked. If I went in the morning, like I was supposed to open, if the door was unlocked, I would not go in. And I would definitely lock it if I was closing. I would never open the door for somebody. Never. That's what I don't understand. Why would he open that door? Do you think he knew the person that killed him? I do. I've worked in restaurants in the past as well. I was thinking it's a possibility that it was either a current coworker or a former coworker that knew he would probably be alone. Yep. I definitely think he knew whoever it was, whether it was a friend, a coworker, or just an acquaintance. I might be wrong. I, I don't know. There's no proof of that. It makes sense to me. Right. I agree with you. I'm I'm thinking along the same lines you are. 
So how much money was stolen? Right around 900 And was this at closing time? If I remember right, it was in the early morning hours. Was the money in the register or did Randy have to remove it from the safe? I am not too sure about that. I know they got money and they got checks. They found the checks. How did your parents handle losing Randy? It changed all of us. I think my mom, to me, withdrew some. And I think my dad, I think Randy Diane made my dad want to be closer to us kids. Because when we were growing up, we really didn't have a relationship with him because he was working 3 to 11s at the railroad. So we didn't really see him, except on weekends. Are your parents still alive? No, they have both passed. So they never got to see justice for Randy? No. Was it something that they thought about often? You know, we really didn't talk about it a whole lot. I don't know why. I think it was just too hard for everybody. That's actually a good question. I've never been asked that before. What's it been like going nearly four decades without any answers? I'm assuming you thought this case would have already been solved by now. Well, yeah, I think everybody assumes it's going to be solved relatively quickly. Honestly, for me, I didn't think about it at all until about two years ago. So this case has gone unsolved for nearly four decades. I'm guessing that no one in the family thought that this would go this long. I think everybody gave up. But then it hit me like a ton of bricks a couple years ago. Made a lot of noise about it. And I started a post on Facebook. And it was shared right around 6,000 times. and. Bozeman police saw it and talked about it. In fact, the original investigator contacted me. And and I had talked to him before, Ron Green. But I think that's when it all opened up again. It's when they saw the posts. And then I started a group on Facebook about Randy. And they saw that. In fact, they contacted me at that point. So you have a Facebook page for Randy? It started out for Randy, and now it's for Victims of Murder. What's that page called? Victims of Murder Unite. Oh, because I want to make sure that people can hear about that. In your opinion, have the police been effective in working this case? When I first talked to Ron, the original investigator, he told me the checks were never found. That's what he told me. Well, the current detective had told me that the checks were, in fact, found within the first few days. I think the investigation from the beginning to this point, up until the new detective was botched, I think they missed a lot of stuff. Now, I was reading something earlier today, and I believe it said that there's DNA. Is that accurate? I believe so, yes. Whose DNA, I don't know. It's a restaurant. There's going to be DNA all over the place because people are touching and slobbering and whatever else they're going to do. I'm thinking that when they're referring to DNA, they are probably saying 
they found it at the scene on him. Maybe somebody touched him. There was blood or something along those lines, something that they could connect to him directly to your brother and his killer. I honestly hope so. How, how often do you contact the police? How often do you keep in touch with them? Do you contact them still? We are currently in contact with them. When I first started the Randy page, I had stated that I was very upset with the DA at the time. Well, he's still the, D, the DA there. Because they had two guys that had escaped from prison. I want to say New Mexico prison. And had gotten all the way to Canada. And the DA didn't want to bring them back to Montana. And that upset me because Ron Green was certain that they were the guys. Ron Green was the original investigator into Randy's homicide. He was absolutely adamant they were the guys. But they weren't brought back because the DA believed they were not a part of it. And I don't remember the reason why they weren't. Ron Green went up there and talked to them. In fact, he said he brought back a shoe and when the tires off the vehicles they were driving. But yes, and both of those came back inconclusive. So they probably didn't have anything to do with it. That is my guess. I agree with what you said earlier, what we were discussing. The person that did this, I think, probably knew him, most likely. It's not going to be two strangers. It's going to be somebody that knew he'd be alone, that knew there was almost $1,000 in there that they could steal. Because, I mean, right. in 1985, with $900, that was a lot of money. Yeah, so somebody knew all these things about him. And I think they especially knew he'd be alone. Yeah, I think so, too. So I, I don't think it was random at all. Do you keep in touch with the police? We, like I said, when I started the Randy page and the post, the original post, they had gotten in contact with me. But anyway, I made a stink about the guys in Canada. And I had sent an email to the DA. I had sent him several emails, and he would never get back to me. Then, then I raised the sink, and then I got an email saying that him and the detective wanted to speak to me. I did with my two brothers, Bob and Rick, and we had that conversation, and they told us that they would be in contact with us every three or four months. Well, since then, we now have a victim advocate, so we talk through her instead of directly to them. Now, ask me how I feel about that. I don't like it, because <laughs> they should be speaking to us, I think. But instead, we're doing it this way. They typically don't speak to family members anyway. It's very rare. All the people that I talk to, I'm always curious. I'm, I always like to know how often people talk to police, because some people have told me that the police won't even take their calls. So they never get to speak to anybody. And then there's other people that have told me that they get to speak to the detectives all the time. They talk, they keep in touch pretty regularly. So I always like to know about the victim's family experience with law enforcement. Of course, I always like to hear when it's a positive one. I do think the detective that's on his case now really wants to make some headway. I, think he, I really think he really wants to find out who it is. 
Well, they should want to know because I'm going to guess that your brother isn't the only person they've been robbed by this person. I doubt if he just robbed your brother and killed your brother and that was, and just quit. He made $900. He's probably done it more than once. It's not very often that they just do one crime, get away with it, and they just quit. But just knowing that there's a killer on the street that's not been punished for taking the life of somebody that you loved. And here it is over 30 years ago, and you're still wondering what happened. What's going on with the investigation now? Other than DNA, is there any new news on this case? The only thing that I am at liberty to say is that they are bringing resources from local, state, and federal agencies. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For this part of the story, I spoke to Robert, who was best friends with his brother, Randy. I wanted to get his thoughts about his brother. Five kids in the family. My brother and sister are older. Randy was just below me, and my other sister was the youngest one. I was in the middle, and Randy was the next younger one. We were all in different classes until fourth grade, where I was held back. Then I ended up having the same classes as Randy, so we are in the same grades. We ended up knowing the same people, and some of the same classes, actually. But Randy has always been very well liked and we were like best friends to be honest. We did a lot of things together. He he has that personality that most people just everyone pretty much liked him. He was very well liked. The funeral when he died was packed with people, very completely full. So very likable and I was very fortunate to have him in my life. We've done a lot of things with him, especially since I was held back, so we shared a lot of the same interests. And of course, I'm sure you heard from a movie or someone that I was working, well, Rick was working at Lockheed in Sunnyvale, and I managed to get a job through him. And then Randy was going to college in Haver, and he was uh, wondering if I'd give him a job at Lockheed where I work. So he sent me a resume and his letter on Friday, and I heard on Saturday he was killed. And I get the letter on Monday knowing he's already killed. It was really hard to read it. So that was really hard, and I kept the letter. And in the letter... Randy was joking, saying, yeah, I haven't heard from mom. I guess she don't love me. But I could never tell about that letter to my mom. Yeah, we're thinking we could help him get a job. So we're like pretty much best friends. We did a lot of things together. He was well-liked. I mean, everyone in the family loved him. 
parents and uh, siblings. Robert would learn about the death of his brother Randy from his older brother Rick. I'm not sure if he found out seconds or whatever, but I came up to visit him for the evening and he told me about it. I just left. I was just crying in the cold when I was leaving. I was so upset. I remember very well when I heard about it through Rick. And I don't know if he got the phone call from someone or how recently I heard it when he told me about it. But yeah, it was very devastating. It was just hard to believe. Especially the fact that just the day before I knew he had sent that letter and resume. And just happened just like that. Really tough. And I just felt the cops didn't do shit. Until Ruby started making noise a year ago, I just felt they didn't really do much of anything back then. I don't know if they were lazy or just incompetent or limited information or what. So, I don't know. And I kept on town, even Holly at that news reporter. The, I'm not sure if they would find this person, but if they did, it would be a true miracle. Because it's been a number of decades already, 26 years or whatever it was. So, and if they could do it after the cold case with that many years behind, I'd be really amazed. Appreciate Ruby's uh, tenacity to keep on pushing to get the word out there, make a lot of publicity, and scream and yell at the cops. So, from what I understand, though, that there's genetic evidence that was left behind. The thing is about that, though, is how long have they had it? How long have they been sitting on it? And if they've been sitting on it and they have it, then how come they haven't done anything with it? I don't get that. They're human. Some of them are lazy. They they didn't move forward. And as each year goes by, someone lives a normal life rather than being convicted and put in jail. It just gets harder and harder to solve the case because cops are not stepping up doing their job. You don't. It's not like on TV where someone does all these all these researching and clues and whatnot until they find and resolve. The crimes, a lot of these cops just didn't even be a cop or detective because, yeah, you're right. They should have done this, if not now, if not back then when they didn't have enough information, a decade or two later at least. Why do we have to have my sister or any of us, for that matter, screaming out of cops till they move their butt to get something done because they know otherwise they'll just look embarrassed in front of the media because Ruby will say, hey, what's going on? And they're like, well, I don't know. So now they got to move their butt because they look embarrassed otherwise. But why couldn't they have done it as technology becomes more improved upon to where they have the resources, the DNA or whatever? I'm sure in the mid-80s, it was pretty limited. But we've had DNA. We had C- I never watched CSI, but I'm sure we've had this for 20 years at least, the technology to research this rather than have to wait until someone in my family starts screaming and yelling. That's correct. It should have been done earlier. Maybe not in the 80s when it happened, but this technology has improved. The other thing that I told your sister that I find that's bad about this case is the fact that she, I guess she told me that she's tried getting with some of the, with some of the national shows like um, Nancy Grace and some of the other ones. But I guess that they're saying that they would need the cooperation of the police. And from what I understand, they told your sister, well, we're not quite ready to get there yet. And I'm like, I don't understand that. What do you mean you're not quite ready to get there? This case is it's going on four decades. What are you waiting on? What they should be doing? I'll tell you what they should be doing. And stuff like this that just pisses me off about them. Because it's like you said, they're lazy. This case has gone on for 40 years, almost. Get in front of the damn microphone. Go contact Nancy Grace. Go contact these ID Discovery. Contact these shows. Contact John Walsh and get on his show. Get your ass out of the, out of your chair and go ask for help from people. Get on TV, get on your local media, do it 
once every six months and bring this case up and ask for tips. Because I told your sister, look, if they go on TV and they ask for tips and they do it more than once every 10 years, if they do it a couple times a year and they bring up this case, I guarantee they're going to get some tips. They may not be great tips, but they're going to get something. But then that takes effort. I don't get it. I mean, I told your sister, I'd never even heard of this case. And that's a damn shame. This case has been going on that long. I should have probably heard about it. And I'm pretty familiar with a lot of the cases. And just a lot of them, they don't, put, they don't put it on social media. They don't put the cases on their Facebook page. They don't go on Twitter with it. They don't ever ask for any tips. They don't ask for help. I, I just don't understand. Or they don't want to release information. It's like, what the hell have you got to lose? It's almost 40 years. Go ahead and release some information. We'll quit holding it so close to the vest. Somebody out there knows something. But that's yeah, just my opinion. Know, these cops and detectives, they go for the easy stuff. If they see a speeder in their direction, they'll go out to the speeder. But if the speeder is the opposite direction, it'll be too much work for that cop. Same idea with the killings and murders and whatnot. If it's easy, yeah, they'll do it. If it looks like it doesn't take too much effort. But if it requires a lot of work, a lot of thinking, a lot of using your brain, a lot of talking, checking things up. Yeah, that's too much work for them. They're not, they're not going to give a shit. They're not. They're just being lazy. Some of them maybe, but I think there's a lot of them out there that drop the ball along that category of being lazy, like probably Mr. Green, I think, was a name back then. And uh, maybe the rest of the people in that department. Supposedly, this is the only unresolved murder case in um, Bozeman. But, yeah, I'm very disappointed. You know, sure. I, you know, when he was killed and, he, and they never caught the killer, I'm thinking, well, is it that easy to kill someone out? get caught. I got the impression that over 90% of people are caught when they kill someone. Maybe 90%. I don't know. Unless they keep quiet, the ones that do get away. But I thought the well majority of them do get caught because there's usually too much evidence to uh, convict people that come in and do things. When someone sees something, they know someone did something, they talk about it, whatever. And I'm sure that people went in and shot them and said something to someone else. But I'm just surprised that Nothing happened. And I pretty much blame the cops for the most part because they didn't do enough. They didn't follow up. They just put in a cold case, let it sit there forever. They would have had to have done something when it first happened. That window of time is very important in law enforcement. When somebody gets killed, they always say, and it's true, I know, the first 48 hours is the most important. If they don't find out what happened, if they don't get, because people stop talking. I mean, when you, when you go into that, I think the scene when it first happens, people will talk. But after a while, they start clamming up. They go, oh, you know, maybe I better not say nothing, or maybe I better not come forward, or, or, or you miss out on evidence. It's Pizza Hut. You're going to have people coming in to eat, and it's like whatever evidence is gone. You, you have to react quick. From what I understand, based on what your sister told me, they didn't really do a whole lot when it first happened. And that's why you're with where you are right now, almost 40 years later. There's no answers. Yeah, I don't really remember them doing much of anything. I didn't hear a whole lot of details of them making any kind of progress whatsoever. They speculate on a few things, but that was it. It was just speculation. It was not. I'm sure they did the routine protocol of someone being killed within the first week or so. That's my impression. The standard BS to look like they did something which was next to nothing. Robert shared his final thoughts with me about his brother, Randy. Well, he was my best friend. I mean, we share a lot of common interests. I thought that we could have a good life here in California, me, him, and my older brother. 
I, I think that uh, he will add a lot to not only me, but the rest of my family and even to society because he was well-liked, smart, not lazy. I remember one time when uh, it was my dad's birthday, he didn't have a lot of money. So what he did was he bought a thing of turtle wax and waxes that's our dad's car, which takes a lot of labor. It's a lot of hard work to wax your car. And he did that because he didn't have money to buy him anything fancy. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. He didn't have money, but he gave of himself. I had a chance to speak to Randy's brother, Rick. He shared his thoughts about losing his brother, Randy, and how it has impacted his life. I remember my brother as a uh, kind and caring person. He was always considerate with other people. And uh, there was five of us kids in the family. And he was probably the, the smartest one or the one that, that had the most potential in life, if you will. So it was pretty sad that he wasn't able to live out much of his life. And uh, he enjoyed cars. and. Uh, remember when he was younger, both my brother uh, Robert and Randy had an interest in Mahler rocketry. It was a difficult thing to go through, and it could have been a little more bearable had there been an answer as far as what happened and who the uh, person was or persons uh, responsible for his death, but that was a big unanswered question to this. We never really got a whole lot of information early on and then for a number of years, up until, I don't know, three years ago, two years ago, there was nothing. My sister Ruby was getting involved pushing this unsolved case issue for our brother on social media. And I don't know if that if that's what lit a fire under the Bozeman Police Department or not, but it definitely was a good thing that they uh, seem to have new energy in, in looking at this. The current Detective King seems to be a pretty good guy and, and appears to uh, want to do everything he can to get the case solved. So I'm happy to to see that it's encouraging and hopefully something will come of it. The FBI seems to be involved uh, to some degree in uh, looking at the case. And there's also other groups that are trying to help get this get this case um, resolved as well. So I'm somewhat optimistic at this point. It's it's old cases like this are I'm sure are very difficult to solve, but I'm I'm hopeful with the n- number of people looking at it and and new technology that we've got that maybe it, it will get solved. It would be pretty interesting if it did get solved with a lot of help from technology, because that was one of my brother's big interests was technology. Is When he was killed, he was working on his engineering degree at Bozeman College. So that would be a good way to, to get things resolved is with the help of technology. And I was really saddened to hear that your parents passed away without ever getting a resolution. And that, that's one of the things that always makes me sad when mom and dad wait for justice until they die and they, they never see it. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, uh, very unfortunate. 
that they both passed away without having any answers or resolution on that. How much has Randy's death affected your life? Do you think about him often? It's been a big hole in my life. Randy and I shared a lot of interests, computers and technology and, and that type of thing. So yeah, that's been a big part of it. And yeah, I probably think about Randy, if not every day, nearly every day. And my brother, Robert, who's the middle child of the five kids, uh, him and Randy were pretty close. What would it mean for you to see this case get solved? It would definitely get rid of the, uh, that continuous question of what happened and why and who. And if possible, justice prevailing would, would definitely be a good thing. But with the age of this case or how long it's been going on, it's possible that the, uh, the person responsible isn't even alive anymore. But it would definitely, it would definitely help somewhat to at least know. It'll never fill that, uh, that hole of, of the loss and everything, but it, it would help some to have answers and to know what happened. I think, the, I think the family deserves at least that much. To conclude this week's story, I spoke to Ruby and got her final thoughts about Randy's unsolved homicide. Have you tried going on any of the uh, national shows like the Nancy Graces, those type? Have you reached out to any of them for help? I have. The ones that did respond told me the police department has to talk to them. And the police department, I've asked about it several times, and they always say we're not to that point yet. And I'm thinking... Four decades? Really? Right. That's kind of my thought process, too. To me... when are you going to be ready? Because I am. That's something else that gets me, is when you hear about these cases that are 30 and 40 years old and the cops don't want to release any information. And I'm thinking, release some damn information. Maybe if you put some more information out, then maybe that gives the odds that maybe somebody knows something about that new, will know about that new information that you gave out. But they don't do that. And that is so funny you say that because that is my hashtag. Somebody knows something somewhere. And they do. They're out there. Whoever it was that did this, is friends with somebody or had an acquaintance that knew about it. And at that point, at that time, I understand not coming forward. But it's been nearly 40 years. Chances are you are no longer friends with that person or you are no longer an acquaintance. It's also possible the killer or killers are deceased. Possibly. Right. But he could have made a deathbed confession. Somebody's out there knowing, and they're not saying anything. But if the police were to go to the news and say, hey, let's put some more information out. There's people out there that do not know anything about this case. Let's put some more information out, give up some more tips or information that we have, and get some people involved and do some TV shows and get people hearing about this. So that means if I haven't heard about it, then there's probably people even in his home state or out in Montana that have never heard about it. So I'm thinking that if the police were to bring it back out and and talk about it, do a media blitz, then you might find somebody. You'll get tips 
Because every time they do a media blitz of some type, they always get something. You get people call in. And if they were to say something, they would get tips for sure. They may not be well, any good. They, did, they but, did do some news segments on it. And they did, and they're, and I believe there's still a tip line. But after it plays in the news, it's not going to stay on people's mind forever. Right. And I do have one, I think it's KBZK, I think. Um, Holly Brantley, we just did an update with her here a couple of weeks ago. She seems to be the only one that's willing to keep it going. I've tried going to a lot of the other newspapers and news stations to do an update, but nobody seems to be interested. I'll give you a suggestion. I recommend you looking up some of the top crime podcasts and reach out to some of them, like True Crime All the Time as one of them. They're pretty popular. Put together information that you can email to people about Randy and include your contact information. And just tell them, hey, here's some information about my brother. Would you please do a segment on him? Because some of these podcasters have over a million listeners. And people listen to crime podcasts. It's it's actually the most popular type of podcast. So go on the internet. You'll find plenty of them. Most likely, a lot of these podcasters will be happy to do your story, just like I am. Because I don't care who it is. I don't care. I'll help any way that wants it. I mean, I'm because everybody deserves justice. And this one's gone on too long. This one should be solved. I'm sorry. But 40 years unsolved is just too damn long. It's not like it goes away because it doesn't. This is our life. We live it over and over every day. And I think about him every day. And I have a picture of him on my computer. I see him every day. And it hurts. I've talked to so many different people that feel just the same way as you do. The longer it gets cold, the worse they are. Yep. So, and then, like you said, it just never goes away. You, you suffer with it until the day you die. I promised him I would do whatever I could to get the answers that I need. And all I want to know from the very beginning, I've always said, I just want to know why. He was a good guy. He didn't deserve that. He was hardworking, honest, compassionate, kind, loving. All the good things a person could be, he was it. And to take his life the way they did. For $900. For $900. It's heartbreaking. I believe it. I can hear it in your voice. Okay, well, the last question that I would want to have for you is... For anybody out there that's listening to this podcast, if they know anything about what happened to your brother, Randy, what would you say to that person or persons? If you could talk to them. Come forward. Come forward, for God's sake. I don't wish this on anybody. I really don't. It's hell on earth to live this every day. So if they know something, please come forward. You wouldn't believe how much better you would feel if you know something and you don't say something. It's going to haunt you. And that concludes the story of Randy Church. This case remains open and needs someone to call in a tip and give this family some peace. If you have any information, you can contact the Bozeman Police Department cold case tip line at 406-582-2025. 
Tipsters can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a reward. And if you would like more information about this case, please visit the Victims of Murder Unite Facebook page. I will also provide this information in the story notes. And if you are a parent, law enforcement official, friend, or relative seeking justice for an unsolved homicide case, please visit my website and complete the contact form or contact me through Facebook. Thank you for listening.